Welcome, everybody, to the Voice and Writing Podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm Nevis. And um, today we're going to go over um, our final project. So we're in, a, um, we're in our, our writing theory and practice class with about 15 other students. And um, what we've decided to do collectively is to do a web page that kind of showcases the idea of voice, um, but kind of like in each of our own individual ways. Um, and Nevis and I were really intrigued by the idea of doing a podcast. Um, so we decided to do that. And kind of the way that this is going to work is we're going to have, you know, short recordings from each one of our classmates kind of explaining what it was that they chose to do, why they chose to do it. Um, and, you know, Nevis and I kind of just, uh, you know, sitting back and enjoying that and kind of giving our thoughts on voice and that type of thing. So how you doing, Nevis? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, Excited yeah. to talk about everyone's voices. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think what made, uh, what made this class so great is, right, we have such a, a fun, unique, diverse group. Absolutely. Everyone, so many different... Um, Backgrounds and, you know, professions and everything you know so i think yeah i I think it'll make for you know an interesting final product you know the the web page as a whole but i think the podcast too will be for sure pretty interesting and it's awesome to get to hear people's actual voice like literal voice in the recording rather than just reading what they're saying yeah i think that's a nice touch right we're talking about voice and actually hearing it from them i think it's a very uh, a very fun sort of aspect to, to what we're doing so what we did um, if you want to read the question that we posed to everybody. Sure. The question that we came up with was, how is your voice reflected in your final project contribution? So what we wanted to know is why they chose to contribute that particular material and how did that reflect their voice? You know, and I think that's a really good question and a really good way for us to kind of get down to, you know, the idea of voice. And like you like you've mentioned before, actually hearing their voice is a nice sort of added element to that. But, um, you know, I guess we should start by answering that question ourselves. Right. Okay. Uh, before, yeah. Uh, right. I guess that's important. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll let you start. How do you feel? Um, this project, well, this podcast, I guess, um, helps you or is a reflection of your voice and a reflection, uh, you know, reflected in the final project, rather. Okay, well, part of my contribution post was a short podcast interview I did with my mother. Um, It was a brief interview. Kevin got a little preview of it. Um, And the reason I chose to interview her is because when I thought about voice, um, I realized that how I gained my voice is through my mother's voice. So as a small child, she would read to me every night and I just blossomed into loving books and reading and she always used to feel self-conscious about her thick Italian accent and how that would affect the storytelling and the reading. But of course, you know, I couldn't hear any accent and I loved it and it was like music to my ears. Right, yeah. You know, so it made it even the more fun for me. But um, she was worried. But she still would every single night make time to read to me and I really, looking back, feel like that is what made me love reading, which then turned into my future of loving writing. And sort of, I found my voice through her, what she thought of as an imperfect, her imperfect voice. That's really cool. That's really, it's really interesting. And, you know, from what I've heard of the clip, it's, you know, it's it's a fun, lighthearted, sweet kind of 
interaction. Right? Uh huh. Yes, and we will include that in our um, projects. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't ask my mom any questions. She would be. No. Like, she would just be on the podcast. Like, tell him he's not funny. Tell him he got a job. Uh, um, <laughs> real job. Yeah, yeah. Tell him he got a real job. He's not a comedian. Um, I don't think he's funny. But um, yeah, um, for me, um, you know, I just found as far as what my voice is, I think what I wanted it to be was more of a reflection on what everyone else kind of uh, added. I think it's, you know, part of voice is being able to kind of um, process information and to kind of, you know, conceptualize it on your own. So that's kind of what, what I'm going for. Um, you know, later on in the podcast, when Nevis and I kind of wrap it up, I think, um, you know, you guys will hear, you know, kind of what my thoughts are and like, broadly what the group is and and how everyone you know or what rather what everyone brought to the table well um, what you also mentioned was how important um authenticity is to you and yes remember yes I remember you saying so, that. so that's important so you know authenticity is very important to me um i think it's very important that people stay true to themselves and try not to veer too far and like right i understand the idea of like sort of um, you know, being socially aware and that type of thing and not being too over the top. But I do think it's important to also allow yourself to be yourself. Um, and I, I feel like voice is a big key component in that. And I know that as far as like my comedy and stuff goes, that's a very big um, the reason why I do it is it's sort of a, an outlet for me to sort of, you know, let loose and kind of do it in my own way, um, in my own way of kind of conceptualizing things. So, um would you say you found your voice in your comedy? Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, I think, you know, because, like, the first time you do it, you, you really don't know what to expect. You mm -hmm. really don't know. Um, you know, it, it feels a little synthetic in that it's, you know, you, you, you're almost like you're doing a PowerPoint presentation, mm -hmm. like, your first time. You know, you don't, you, you don't <laughs> right. want to be too out there because you don't really know. Right, but the action. I, right, exactly. But as you... You know, as I've done it and kind of continued to do it, you kind of really find what works for you and find um, what you're more comfortable or most comfortable doing. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what it's been for me. And, I, you know, I wouldn't say that I've, at least on stage and in comedy context, that I've fully found my voice as a comedian. But I, I, I definitely think I'm, I'm on my way in that direction. But as far as just being, you know, just a person and, and kind of, opinionated and, and, and having thoughts I, I feel like I found my voice in that sort of context and I you know awesome. and I think this class was a, a, an interesting way of highlighting that right I, I, oh, I, mean, we, I agree we read a lot of good theory and you know yep. I, I think a lot of people had a lot of opinions on things which I think is great whenever it's yep. a discussion about people with a bunch of opinions exactly and our group is so diverse that we got to hear so many differing opinions which is a good thing you know because diversity is very beautiful and it's good to get different perspectives from everyone, which yeah. we definitely did. For me, and I, I mean, remember, I come from like a totally different background, and it seems like a lot of the people in our um, our class have something to do with education in some form, whether it's being a teacher or being like a teacher's aide or a substitute. Yeah. Um, so everyone kind of is in that sort of space. So it was kind of interesting to hear. You know, right. people talk about you know teaching right because like in one way or another you know most of us I feel are here in some sort of teaching capacity or wanting Definitely. to teach um, do you want to teach are you teaching what do you 
I mean, I want to, now that I'm pursuing my master's, I would hope to maybe be a professor and teach like English literature because that's what my degree is in. So once I, you know, pursue and get my master's, hopefully I can be hired at Kane, possibly. <laughs> well, we heard that Dr. Zamora. <laughs> yeah. And also um, um, channel like my said in my bio, which you have to look on our website, channel my Carrie Bradshaw, inner Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> and become maybe like a sex and relationship uh, columnist. So that'd be, that'd that's be something that I would love to do and see myself splashed on like a bus yeah, yeah, in New York cool. City and jumping over puddles. But cool. uh, that's my fantasy. But. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's, <laughs> for me, I think, you know, along the comedy lines, I think one thing I'd love to get out of the program, because I do want to teach, but just because you it just made me think of it as maybe trying to be like a late night TV writer. That'd be something. Oh, that, that would be great. You know, something I, you know, I, yes. I, I could see myself trying. And it, you, uh, the, you know, masters in writing for studies sure. may be a good path to that. Yeah, so, and you can still do your stand up for yourself. Right, right. Yeah, while writing just, for others. Just write jokes for Colbert in the process. <laughs> yeah, you know? Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, Colbert, <laughs> the whole, the whole late night. Well, Conan would be the dream, but I have to go all the way to L.A. <gasps> My brother met that. him. No way. Yeah, yeah, he, he went is, to like. Some function that he was at no and he took way. a picture with him yeah he, he said it was really nice far and away my favorite late night <laughs> i've ever I, I think his late night show is the best I, he's got an amazing voice by the he way really does. You know, <laughs> bringing it back to Two what voice. we were talking about but um yeah so I, i'm really excited about all the interviews we've done and um i think you know we, we, we did a good job of not having it be too long for each person Right. Um, where they can kind of get what they had to say, but like, so we're not, you know, it's not like just, right. you know. And I feel like they had a lot to say in that short time, and it was pretty poignant, and they all really got their points across, and I think that'll come across to our audience as well. Yeah, there were a couple a couple that I really liked, and, you know, we'll get more into that stuff when we get, you know, towards the end, you know, kind of wrapping everything up, but um, definitely a couple that are really interesting and really, yeah. that, that, I, that stood out to me, mm-hmm. you know, not that anyone's was less than, but there were a couple that definitely for me were, um, sure. were definitely memorable. Same for me. So, all right, all right guys, we really hope you enjoy. Yes. Bye. So we're sitting down with Medea, Dana, and Megan, and we're going to go over their contribution to the project and kind of how it reflects their voice. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, so the question we have for you is, how is your voice reflected in your final project contribution post? Medea. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. My voice is reflected in the final contribution voice uh, piece uh, because... It really reflects an evolution of what my voice is. Uh, I consider it to my voice to be composed of contradictory elements because as I was growing up um, and at home, my voice was kind of, I was kind of told to be more submissive and quiet, but that wasn't my personality, so it was difficult. But at the same time, you have I had parents that said, "Hey, you know, you don't understand something. You got to go, and you got to get the extra help because we can help you. So we pay the tuition. We we send you Catholic school. I send you. We drive you there. We cannot help you. Okay, understand? Good." So, you know, you have to go from these disparities of being like, okay, dad, mom, okay, all right, and be very quiet and make sure that, you know, you're this nice little Italian girl at home and, and then you got to speak up for yourself, right, at school. 
And so that's really what motivated that agitation between those two contrary aspects of my growing up in voice, because my voice is very much influenced by my Italian upbringing and influenced by um, my, the education that I had. And, and really, that's where my project stemmed from. And it was uh, I, it was very um, just very rewarding to work on. And you felt that the project really helped helped for you to kind of hone in on that and kind of go back to that time and kind of really see the path to you finding, I guess, Absolutely. your voice. Absolutely, yes. The project was very instrumental in in assisting me to um, sort of relive that aspect of my life and to not only relive it, but to glean from it the lessons um, that I learned. And most of the lessons that I have learned, as you as seen on my written blog, and the best lessons, I think, for me that I've learned have been through conflict. It's a, it's a, it has been through situations where, you know, my mom has said, or my dad has said, hey, sister, I'm gonna punish you. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't do it. Eh, look, she said you did. So now we do the punishment to school and home. Eh, yeah, read the book. No TV. No TV. Eh, I gotta do it. There's a rules in this house. So basically, you know, it's again, um, the project was very instrumental in helping me to go back to my childhood and roots and, and experience that again. And, was very, you know, great. It's amazing. I, I completely understand what what you're describing in terms of um, being conditioned to be timid in the home environment. Um, I was I was I was conditioned to be uh, timid in my home environment too, and then I went to the high school of performing arts during my high school years. Nice. Okay. And it was a very non-authoritarian environment. We'd sit on the floor, wow. literally in class. We'd sit on the floor in our acting classes, and our teacher would teach us. And the students would sit in back, each, sit in back of each other, and give each other massages wow. while we were wow. learning. But we learned a lot. We learned a lot about Shakespeare, Ibsen, Dostoevsky. I think that a non-authoritarian environment is a great um, environment to create to help students develop their voice. I think it really liberates voices, yes, especially people who came from a background like yourself and myself. Um, and that's why I really liked Peter Elbow. That's why I chose to speak on Peter Elbow's works, because he's really dedicated his methods. It's not just an ideology with him. He, he has methods that are concrete um, to inculcate student voice. And that's why I chose my project, um, because I wanted to be interviewed um, on a number of Peter Elbow's practices that a teacher can bring into their classroom and adopt to develop or have to put in place a non-authoritarian structure that nurtures student voice. Okay. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I can sitting on the floor during a class. Like, imagine if we sat on floor during class. Now that'd be wild. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Some throw pillows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that 
Good lighting. Good, good lighting. Some incense or something. It'll be all, all good. Uh, how okay, about you, Megan? Megan? So share with us. Um, my answer isn't as in-depth as Medea or Dana. <laughs> um, I think it was more of a personal journey within motivating myself and discovering my own voice. So my idea was to create a writer's motivational journal. And within that, I was more of trying to figure out the different emotions, whether um, I'm happy, sad, angry, sarcastic, um, funny. So within creating that project, I know I'm helping other people, but I'm mostly inspiring others, but motivating myself from within and trying to share um, and understand myself more. And I think sometimes when you do that, you find the true you, the true meaning of understanding and being yourself. So that's, that's my version of finding uh, a piece yeah, within. Yeah, I think it's real interesting how you touch on how like it's a, it's a mode for like you to find yourself or right. a mode for you to kind of discover things about yourself. Right, um, finding your voice, finding yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Same okay. idea. Well, we want to thank you ladies for joining oh, us. Thank you so much for coming on. Our Voices in Writing podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, so we're here with our other three classmates. We have Carol, Alexis, and Tithi. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so as you know, our question is, how is your voice reflected in your final project contribution? So why did you guys choose to use that as your project? And how does start? it reflect your voice? Okay. Um. okay. Carol, Tithi, Tithi, Tithi. Tithi, please. Okay. <laughs> about um, writer's block and I think the thing about writer's block is it kind of dubs your voice sometimes mm -hmm. when you can't find anything to talk about or write about so I think that really hones in on the topic of voice um, I put a lot of ways I talked about a lot of ways you can get over writer's block and in theory for me I have been through situations where I have had writer's block. And I want to say during my writing senior seminar class, um, I did a thesis project and I wrote about 15 pages. And I did not want to submit it because at the end, I started feeling like it wasn't mm -hmm. good enough. And right. I think yeah. not being good enough is a part of writer's block. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening for me is I didn't submit it. I failed the class because I was just too afraid. Right. Wow. I believe we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about writer's block, how like, you know, sometimes like you're not really in love with what you wrote, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I feel that a lot, especially, you know, when I'm like writing for like comedy and things like that. It's like, you know, I, I don't really love what I wrote. I don't yeah. really love what I'm doing up there. So I, I see what you're getting at with that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that really reflected voice for me. And I think this class really helped me with that because Dr. Zamora let us like kind of free write and write our blogs all the time. So help me get past writer's mm -hmm. blog in a sense. So I thought that was a great topic to talk about. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it helped you find your voice. And it helped me find my voice. <laughs> All right. Lexi? Um, for my final project, I wrote about code switching. And even though it's not limited to race, I honed in on like the African-American struggle with code switching and how sometimes it leads to students being told that 
the language in which you speak is is your voice because that's where you come from but because of how it's being presented it just means everything about you is wrong and so i wrote about how just because we need to kind of code switch into a language that's professional it doesn't mean erasing your voice and i wrote about it because it's something that i've been through as an african-american who grew up in an urban area so i'm just speaking about what where i come from and it's me it's me being presented in my work but it was always so no that's wrong that's wrong. Change it, change it, change it. And I thought I had to change my voice when all I had to do was change the language that was being presented. That's a really interesting point where you say you just have to change the language. I guess, you know, that's something that, you know, I and I'm sure others haven't really thought about before. It's a really interesting point. Definitely. I like that. <laughs> so, Carol, last but not least. Yeah, so um, I spoke about the guy and how oftentimes um, teachers basically just give a student an assignment and without asking them to pretty much just communicate expressively in the way that they would at home, right? It's like um, you have guidelines and you have to express yourself this way. So there's a lack of um, creativity when it comes to voice uh, for the students to have voice in the classroom. And I, I that's what I my focus was basically coming up with some strategies on how to incorporate more um, practices that encourages um, voice. Great. Thank you guys for taking the time uh, to come talk to us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We know you guys are busy with your portions of the project. Uh, again, thank, thank you so you much again. for coming. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have your voice. Thank you. <laughs>
you know, get out of that, get out of the way or, or stop or not doing that to, to the students you're teaching. I think that's a very, very interesting, um, you know, sort of dichotomy that we have um, considering the topics. How about you, Dylan? Well, my project was, um, it was sort of self-reflexive. I sort of used it as a, a way of kind of gauging uh, relative to this class and always spoke on a voice and, and the importance of voice and what it could do and what it cannot do. I tried to sort of gauge where I was at with questions I had coming into this class, looking through the lens of voice. And um, I've always been more of a, a scholarly kind of a person in the sense that I write papers more than I feel like I, I am a creative person. I sort of enjoy looking at other people to help me understand my own, of, not opinions, like I don't base my opinions on what other people say, but I try and sort of understand myself through other people. Um, and so my project was more of an open question that I was answering that I was also sort of turning outward that um, if, if one were to read my paper, the questions and concerns that I have for myself, that if someone might feel similarly to themselves and they read my paper, that maybe voice in the sense that I've used it to try and help answer these questions about my own intent and my own beliefs and what I'm prepared to do with knowledge, uh, then maybe that would help other people as well. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you guys. For coming and sharing. No problem. Appreciate your time. No problem. Enjoy. Follow me on Instagram at underscore Dennis Art. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plugs all around. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we're here with Linda, Susan, and Fatima. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you for coming on. And uh, we have a question for you guys, just interested to get your thoughts. Um, so how is your voice reflected in your final project uh, contribution? Um, well, this is Linda, and I am obviously Asian American, and I teach Asian American students, and I have Asian American children. So therefore, the recent ruling of the Harvard admissions case um, was very troubling to me. So I felt as though I needed to speak for my, my students, uh, my children, and maybe future grandchildren in terms of biases, implicit biases, and part of high school guidance counselors and high school teachers and give a voice to my students. And in turn, I was able to develop my voice through my writing, my blog, and my podcast. All right. Thank That's you. very powerful. That's awesome. Do, now, do you think the stuff we did in class this semester kind of helped manifest all that, or do you think you think it oh, helped kind of point you in that direction? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it gave me the opportunity in terms of uh, using social media and learning how to use social media mm -hmm. in order to provide a voice for people who don't usually have a voice. So that was important to me. Great. Very interesting. Susan? Um, I decided to... For uh, the final project, I decided to concentrate more on the practices we talked about in class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because I did not have a good um, experience, writing experience as a child. I was an ESL student, but 
I wasn't classified as one because we didn't have an ESL program in those mm -hmm. days. Wow. Um, but I wish we had. Um, but, you know, even still, we there are many practices and many um, methods, techniques that teachers can concentrate on to help their students have a much more uh, positive and productive writing experience. So I just... Uh, uh, Dana and I worked on, we, you know, we uh, put from everything that we gleaned from the research, we decided to um, uh, do a, an interview. We interviewed each other and talked about the pra uh, classroom practices that would help students become better writers. Uh, that's a nice touch, I think. It gives, it's, a, it's a little personal, uh, you, you two kind of going back and forth, being able to kind of reminisce on your experiences, right, and then like looking back and seeing like how the, the those practices or methods could have, you know, aided and helped you and kind of moving forward with, with that type of um, like learning. So, so I think, that, I don't know, I just think that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I, th I think the whole uh, writing experience, I mean, voice um, starts in school. That's where you learn about right, voice right. and you know so it's introduced cultivated in school thank awesome. you thank, thank you for sharing and last but not so okay uh, generally i am shy but i find that through my poetry i find my voice so i chose poetry because it's just something that's natural for me i enjoy it and i find my voice so and i wrote a poem that gives three different scenarios one is about a girl with self-esteem self issues. One is a bad relationship, and one is um, uh, the black issue being uh, silence, talking about uh, equity in education for mm -hmm. um, black Similar to the unbound ec, right. kind of. Yes. Um, so I just gave three scenarios how they found their voices and they became triumph at the end. So that's what this is. This course has done that for me. Um, has put me, taken me out of my comfort zone and taken me into another whole world. So it's been very useful for me, yeah. That's great, Fatima. Thank you for sharing. Well, we thank, thank you, you all for being with thank us today. Thank you guys today. for coming on, yeah. just yeah. sharing. All your thank insights, you. thanks guys. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Thank you. So those are all the interviews that we did um, with everybody about their contributions. Um, first off, Nevis, your initial reaction to what everyone had to say? Um, well, I thought um, it was very interesting. Again, very diverse. Um, there was a couple of them that, they were all amazing, but some that um, stuck out to me that I felt like I could relate to was um, Tithi's, um contribution on writer's block and how that sort of, as she says, dubbed her voice um i can relate to that i think most of us can relate to that being you know students and continuing on in our higher education um and then also that feeling of not being good enough which is right. what she I mentioned think that's a very interesting point i mean how many times have any of us written anything and you know we didn't really couldn't really get any further or we didn't like what we had written so it kind of trapped us in a way as to where we could take it right yeah. um so yeah i thought that was a really interesting 
interesting yeah. thing to, to bring to the table. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and then when our audience digs deeper into the website, they can see that TP gave like really good solutions on how to overcome writer's block so that you can find your voice and that you're not stumped or stuck. And then, you know, that won't discourage you from continuing to write where you won't feel like you're not good enough. And like she said, her writer's block actually helped her to find her voice. Yeah, and it's interesting that, like, writer's block helped in that way. Right? Ironic, right? kind of. I mean, you know, writer's block is just something that I struggle with so much, and, you know, um, sorry, I'm playing with the keys. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a fiddler. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's a really good point, um, you know, with writer's block and voice and, you know, very different, I guess, that it was used to her benefit in finding her voice. That's just, you know, you don't really hear that very often. Right. And then we talked about Lexi's, which you said you found particularly interesting. I, yeah, I really liked Lexi's. I thought it was very interesting. I, you know, coming in, I really wasn't familiar with what code switching really is. And, you know, hearing her talk about it, you know, it's it, very interesting because she's, you know, she's smart and well-spoken and all these things. But to think that there's some sort of element behind, you know, the literal verbiage, I guess, that she uses there's sort of like a connotation behind it like it's fascinating and to you know it, it's awesome to see how she's kind of using that experience and using the idea of voice um to almost dispel those thoughts and those sort of things so i yeah i i really thought that was for someone who had no idea really what code switching was to hear her and, and to see what her contribution you know is is very yeah very cool i have to admit very cool and i feel like people can definitely relate to that as well and she also made a point about saying how if she wanted to use like her African-American vernacular, which is what she grew yes, up using in the yes. urban area that she was born and raised in, that, you know, by her being discouraged from using that voice, it, you know, she didn't want to lose her identity. So even though she can speak, you know, in her academic setting and she can code switch when needed, she didn't want to lose, you know, who she truly was. And, no, and part of her voice growing up was that way that she back. spoke to the idea of authenticity if that, right. that's her and that's like a reflection of her like why can't she be her and yeah. I, you know i think that's like tackling that is a really cool thing and, and one of the one that i think the the cooler and more interesting and positive i guess things from this project yep. you know that kind of come, came out of it right you um, know and and then you know there were a few others that we found um particularly um, interesting. I yeah. thought Patricia yeah. and the we idea. Yeah, she is. I, I mean, has Patricia <laughs> ever had a bad day? I don't, I don't we know. We love her. She makes my days brighter. Um, but, you know, what she was saying with, you know, the idea of like doing this children's book as a way of, you know, kind of helping her children or the children she teaches rather cultivate and, and find their voice, I thought was amazing. Because if you look at, you know, our project sort of on a macro level, right? Like it's very kind of theoretical and, and figurative in, in a way and I feel what Patricia did is took you know all this different theory and all these different things and fun you know we're talking about and really made it practical yep. or, or is attempting to make it practical with the idea of this you know children's book which is like a goal-oriented yep. you know like she said thing. putting the theory into practice was important to her and I really like that yeah I thought I thought that's really cool and I think considering a lot of what we did this semester was theoretical and like theory based to to see her take it and really do something super practical with it um right you know and i was really interesting and in that interview i think you know it went hand in hand really well with what 
um, what Emily was saying about the red pen, how, you know, like that's a discouraging thing, especially for young children. And I know you guys did that presentation or, did. You know, earlier in the did. semester. And I just want to say something about Patricia's. Um, I'm also work for AmeriCorps through Jumpstart Kane, and I work with smaller age children. And I think it was really important what she said about how it's important for children as students to find their voice. And we can't forget about their voice. Like ours shouldn't overshadow theirs as educators because mm-hmm. they have something to say, even when they're tiny little cute things that they are. Right. I even know in the preschool I work in, they, ha- they have their own unique voices already. And it's important to cultivate and nurture that even when they're, even more importantly, when they're small. So I just wanted to say that. So <laughs> shout out to Patricia, as always. So as far as me and Emily, our very first presentation, which was on the famous Elbow, who everyone loves, uh, and, yes, Elbow. <laughs> and who I love, John Bean, and that was about feedback and writing. So Emily's um, contribution to the website was about her experiences with the red pen. I believe she also talked to her husband about his experience as a student with the dreaded red pen, which is basically getting negative feedback um, in your papers when you're getting graded. And I think we can all relate to that on some level. Like a teacher might have written a vague comment or something mm-hmm. that we didn't really like or understand their scribble yeah. or, you know, it just made us feel sort of self-conscious about our own writing instead of uplifting. So what I liked about John Bean's article and also Peter Elbow is that they give you more of a positive way of encouraging teachers to give feedback to their students, whether it's one-on-one interactions with them, making time to meet them, writing positive things rather than just the negative. Yeah, sort of overlooked, I guess, how, you know, early experiences in one's like academic career yeah. can really shape how they become like a student or, or a person or a person, you Absolutely. know, how they take criticism your or confidence level. Don't take criticism. Self-esteem can be affected. Even Susan early on in our class mentioned as a child, a teacher wrote that she wasn't reading at grade level with the yeah. red pen and she was only in second grade and she was also a, like a dual language learner. So she felt really like traumatized by that. You know, especially like she mentioned in, like the interview that she was basically an ESL student before they, they had even had ESL. an ESL program. So I'm sure it was very difficult for her. And I'm sure she was very, I guess, uh, self-conscious, maybe, yeah. you know, just un- not confident, as you were alluding to, right. kind of in her abilities. And, um, you know, I, what her and Dana did, I think, was very interesting as well. The interviews, yes, I think that's each an other. interesting bouncing off kind of thing. Right. And like Emily said, that red pen, the dreaded red pen can sort of like, you know, censor your voice. And we don't want that. Hopefully through our website, you can find, um, see positive ways as an educator or even as a student to, you know, accept more positive feedback or deal with the criticism that you are getting. Yeah, that's that's what we set out to do. Hopefully it helps. (laughs) Yes. So any other ones you found interesting, Kevin? I mean, they all Um, are. They they were all very good. Um, Oh, Fatima. How can I forget about Fatima? Fatima. I mean, you know, the idea of poetry, and like, I, I'm not well versed in poetry, really at all. I mean, are you? Do you poetry? No, I, I, it's I, not I, my thing. Um, but I like reading it. However, I can't write it to save my life. Right, and so like, that's what I think is so interesting is that she found her voice through, through poetry. poetry. It, you know, and maybe I'm totally off base on this, but I, I, I just feel, you know, poetry is almost like a dying art. You don't see too. You know, it's not. It's not as in your face as other mediums of, you know, entertainment or reading or what have you. So to see and and hear her talk about poetry and kind of what the importance of, and it's not like even just in the interview, I feel like through the whole semester, you know, you kind of get, you know, she, the way she talks about it, like she's very passionate about it and it means so much to her and definitely is uh, 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 this 
incredible medium for her to kind of be herself and kind of, you know, conceptualize and, and deal with things uh, on that level. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So uh, did Fatima. I. And I can't wait for the people that, you know, explore our website and our audience gets to read her three poems that she submitted because they really, really are amazing. I read them more than once and I just fell in love with them. And yeah, I'm, it's great that she was able to find her passion and to find her voice um, through such a beautiful thing like not, poetry. Uh, not going to spoil <laughs> anything, but make sure you guys... Um, Check check, check it out. Check out the poetry. Yeah, it's really good. Yes. Really good stuff. Um, how about you? Anything else? Anything? Anyone else you want to touch on? Um, I guess the last one I thought was great was um, well, they were all great. Was Megan's on how she sort of did like a self motivational self-help thing for um, writers to find their voice, and she talked about the connection between her writing and her emotions, and also how she sort of, you know, through those emotions was able to find her voice. And um, it was a way for her to self-reflect, look inward, and sort of deal with her emotions, and at the same time, find her voice. And I would also like to say that Megan is a published children's book author. And she has this amazing book that is available on Amazon. I think it's called Powerful Pete. And yeah, she wrote it. It was published a few years ago. And... If you want, look it up on Amazon. It's there. And it has an awesome message for children. And it's really great. The illustrations are cool. Okay, yeah. And now I remember her mentioning <laughs> yeah. the, the children's book. I'll have to check it out. I, yeah, I, I almost forgot she, she did that. You know, we just got so much. You know, yeah. We do so much other other stuff. And we've gotten so involved with other things that great. I forgot she had done that. That's really cool. Yeah, so definitely look for Powerful Pete. So now just to kind of bring it all home, as far as the podcast and and doing this, <laughs> um, what did you think of, of, of this whole thing? I, I mean, you know, <sighs> here we are at the end. Let's, you know, what? Well, I couldn't have asked for a better partner. Oh, Kevin shucks. is very patient and kind. And uh, he knows I'm not very techy. You know, I grew up in the generation of all this social media and Twitter and whatever. But honestly, our class really helped me to evolve with all that stuff. Same as Linda said. Now I can say I made a blog. I made a podcast. I contributed to, I tweet. Like, I actually tweet on the weekends. Like, so I never even thought of doing any of that stuff. So, um, and it was cool to hear my own voice, literally. And everyone else's actual nice. voice, because, you know, you can hear the inflection, you can hear the emotion, you can hear the tone, and that makes all the difference, you know, rather than just reading something that's written, which is what we're used to doing. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think kind of a, what we're doing now, where it's more like a very conversational and very fun, and, you know, it, it's it's been fun, you know, it's been sort of stressful. I mean, <laughs> if you listen to the, the first round oh, of interviews boy. with... Um, Medea, Medea, Dana, and Megan. And Megan. Um, you know, we're kind of in the hallway. There's doors going in the background. Um, <laughs> so forgive you know. us for that, but yeah, you know, we can't afford our break. own uh, podcast you know, studio quite just I, yet. I, I, I've been telling Nevis the whole time, you know, we're not Joe Rogan. We don't have, <laughs> you know, Elon Musk coming on. <laughs> Maybe um, one day. Maybe one right? day. I mean, Kevin will like go on the road and voice, have a Elon, podcast or something. Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, he'll come on. Yeah. But yeah, I, this was a really fun experience. And then, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we got to do it. I'm happy we got to do it with the people that we did it yes, with. Yes, they the made it so semester. special and so amazing. And... You know, and like Dr. Zamora said, I definitely feel like this was a, a special group uh, For of, sure. of people. Um, to, to kind of share this experience with, and at least for me, you know, my 
being introduced to grad school, being reintroduced to being a student. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better group of people. So I, I just want to say to those people, everyone in the class, thank you so much for making this semester so great. And I look forward to continuing with those of you who will be around, for those of you who are graduating and Dana. moving on. Congratulations. Dana. Dana. Congratulations. So happy for you. Yes. Um, don't be a stranger. Come back around if you can. Yes, we'll miss your energy for sure. Without a doubt. And um, I believe that's been Voices in Writing. Yay. So thanks for tuning in. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys, so much. Ciao.